Sunday with Miriam on RTE Radio 1 with It's For Women. The car insurance you can sort online anytime. Well, my first guest this morning is a member of a powerhouse acting family. And this week, almost two years after its planned staging at the Abbey, she has taken at last to the stage as Grace alongside Aidan Gillen and Nigel Lindsay and Brian Friel's Faith Healer. Neve Cusack, good morning to you. Good morning. I said it to you originally, you're all so alike, I think. You and your sisters. You, you don't think you're all alike, well, do you? Well, we don't. I, th- I, th- I think probably it's more mannerisms, but you said it's the eyes. And I and actually, I think we all have my mother's shaped eyes yeah. and then different colours. I'm, I'm a hazily colour, which is my mother's, and my father was blue and the two other sisters have blue eyes. Yeah, the brothers both have my colour eyes. So there's there's five of my mother and father's batch, and I've got a half sister called Catherine, and she's got blue eyes. Well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, you're all beautiful and very distinctive. And I was reading how you said this play, it's not going to be any ordinary gig for you. I know it's special to you for a number of reasons. Why is that? Well, I I saw the play nearly nearly 40 years ago when Sinead did it at the Royal Court. It was originally done, um, well, I think it was originally done on Broadway with James Mason, but then it, it, it really sort of came into its own when Joe Dowling directed it for the first time at the Abbey with Donna McCann and John Kavanagh and I think it was Kate Flynn. And then it came to London and Donal came with it. Um, Sinead took over as Grace and Ron Cook played Teddy. And I just, I remember seeing it and thinking what an an amazing play it was because it's basically four monologues and it's a story being told by three different people and each of them is, there's there's discrepancies, they contradict each other. So it's really up to the audience to work out what really happened. It's a kind of ghost story as well. There's, you know, there's something very haunting about the play. But I suppose I have always felt a passion for Brian Friel. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. he is a master uh, of playwriting. But my real connection, I think, with Brian, more than anything, and I think it is a kind of, it's to do with a sort of spiritual connection, is my mother was from Donegal. My mother's family all came from Glenties, and my mother is a cousin of Anne Friel, Brian's wife. So I, I feel... I think, you know, I want to do the play justice. I want to do Brian justice. Mm-hmm. And I suppose I want to do people like my mother justice because I think there, 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 are, there are aspects of grace uh, that I recognise, you know, a woman in love with a, an artist, a not entirely simple, straightforward man. Um, and I felt, yeah, I, I've always loved that play. I, I think it's a really, I think it seeps into your bones. I think something that Brian Friel does is he keys into a yearning that we all have, to, you know, a yearning and and a loss of things, you know. And I think maybe that's all of that uh, ties in with my mother. My mother died when I was 18. And yeah, I, I, I just I think there's something about it that really links me to her through that play. Tell me about your mother, because, I mean, your dad, Cyril Cusack, would speak about Many people remember him. He was very famous. But tell me first about your mother. Well, my mother was, she was actually uh, orphaned when she was 13. There were six 
in the family and she was the second one. And she had an older brother, Mickey, and then her and then Roisin, her sister. And then the rest, uh, the rest were three boys below her and the youngest was four. So the parents, both her parents died within a year of each other. And so the, the family was split up. And in fact, Anne Friel's family were very good to my, my mother's family. Um, and they, 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 you know, the, the, the boys went and stayed at some of the Morrisons. I don't know if it was Anne's actual father and mother, but it, the, mm. there were loads of cousins around. So they were kind of farmed out and split up quite early. And my mother kind of made her way, got down to Dublin, got a job in Brown and Nolan's, which was a, a, a bookshop at the time. And um, she wanted to become an actress. And she wrote in, RTE at the time was running a, I, I, it, was, it was My Grievance. It was a, a little piece that you had to write called My Grievance. And you could write in, it might be read over on the radio. And my mother's grievance was that how could you get experience if people wouldn't give you a job without experience. That was her grievance. And it was, <laughs> read, out, it was read, out, read out over the radio. And I don't know if it was as a result of that, but quite quickly she got into the Abbey Theatre and she saw my father on the stage and she said to whoever it was was standing beside her at the time, I'm going to marry him. And she did. And that's the, that's, that's the whole story. But she was quite a self made woman and she was a very strong woman and you know in spite of having a bad heart which she had from uh, um, an illness when she was in her teens rheumatic fever she had five children she was told she couldn't have children she went on to have five and she raised us all you know well particularly myself and my young brother Porik pretty much on her own my father wasn't around that much then and um she she had a huge impact for you know for someone who was very often in bed ruled from the telephone uh, at her bedside and wooed all manner of people into doing things for her <laughs> good for her absolutely yeah so tell me about the five children your mother and yeah. your dad Cyril Cusack yeah. had first tell me about the five of you okay so paul the eldest is a television and film producer director He's retired now and is loving it and um, it's brilliant. He, he and his wife, Alma, spend quite a lot of time in uh, Roscommon where they've got a little cottage and then they come down here and they have been actually brilliant to me, been around for me all this time that I've been here. And then there's Sinead, who's married to Sh- Jeremy Irons and uh, has got two sons but also had Richard Boyd Barrett is her son. Yeah. And uh, obviously she's still acting away um, and won't stop. I think she uh, she just has loves to act. It, yeah. yeah, she loves it. And then there's Sorocha, uh, who's an, another actress and uh, has had huge success in with her character um, in Father Brown. She plays his housekeeper, and um, she's had a, she's had a ball actually doing that. It suddenly came out of the blue, and there she was. Um, it, I think they did ten series, but I think they. I think she has stopped now. But um, yeah, she's got uh, two kids. They live th- and with Nigel, her husband, who's another actor. <laughs> I, I, we, you can't get away from us. And then there's me, and I'm uh, married to an actor, Finn Bar Lynch, and we have one son who's an actor. And then there's my brother Porik, who is a theatre producer. So all <laughs> all my mother's children 
are in the business or were in the business. Uh, and then my half-sister, Kata, is also an actress. So <laughs> whatever was in the blood, <laughs> whatever milk they fed us or cereal they fed us, it, 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 that's how we've turned out. And tell me about your dad, Cyril Cusack. Mm-hmm. What was he like privately? Privately, um, he, I think, well, he was a very, I think he was a very thoughtful man, very reflective man, and he loved walking. And when, you know, when you were a kid, you really didn't want to go walking. But as the years went on, that was a great way to sort of uh, get to know him. He was sometimes, I mean, I think acting was his vocation. Mm. And that was where his passion lay. And, you know, it's interesting um, Teddy says in Faith Healer, Teddy says of Frank and Grace, I, I, I'm paraphrasing a little mm. bit, but basically he says the thing about Frank was that the, the thing that mattered most to him was his work and the thing that mattered most to her was him. And I think my father definitely, his work was, was where he flew. And I think when I became an actress, that was when I really... I really connected with him and felt a huge, I mean, I always felt admiration, but when watching him work and when we did Three Sisters together at the Gate Theatre, it, there was something about seeing, I remember watching at the back, the, during a dress rehearsal, standing at the back of the theatre, watching him do uh, the drunk scene. He, he played Chebatikin and Chebatikin, the doctor gets drunk. And I remember watching it and just realising what my mother had fallen in love with. You know, it was just incredible talent and uh, authenticity and charisma, charisma, uh, which she had in bucket loads. So he was, he was impressive. Were you closer to your mother or your father? Definitely closer to my mother. I mean, without a doubt, my mother brought us up. I mean, my father was someone you, had, you admired rather than felt really close to. And my mother was someone who reared us and... I mean, she was fun. She was she was a ball of energy. If you can imagine someone who wasn't very well being a ball of energy, but she just had a, she had real fire in her belly, and and also I think she really wanted her daughters to be to stand on their own two feet. She had a great sort of belief that women should stand on their own two feet, and as well as you know, completely supporting and being proud of her sons. But the, I think there was a sense of you know you've got to. Stand, stand, stand strong. <laughs> and you said earlier that she died when you were 18. Mm-hmm. 18 is very young, actually, to lose your mom. What, what, was that a very difficult time for you? Or has that been a loss you've felt more as you've got older? I think I was incredibly lucky that we are a very close-knit family. Um, the siblings are incredibly close and We've always been close and I think we've even got closer as we've got older. And I, I often I think to myself how delighted my mother would be to see how close-knit we are and supportive and loyal to each other we are. I think there are times where you really miss your mum, like when you have your first baby, when you have a mm. baby. Or I suppose those big moments, I mean, I would have loved to have been, for her to have been at Faith Healer mm. on Tuesday night. That would have been amazing. But then Paul and Sinead came and so she was there in a way, you know, and the others will all come. You know, that's what she bred. And I remember her, I remember, I do remember her saying, you know, 
if you if you you can't break sticks if you if you tie them all together. So if they're close together, they can't be broken. And I think she really wanted to inculcate us with the notion that if we stick together, we'd be strong. And uh, and I think we have. And I think she would be. I think that I think that's what she would feel would be her greatest success. Because that's so interesting. I was just going to ask you that you were like you're a family of five with a lot of competing talent and personalities in there. Yeah. And yeah. not every family ends up being that close. I was about to say to you, how was that achieved? Was it your mother who almost solidified that closeness between the five of you? I, I think it was. I think it was. And I think each each of the five of us has at different times, made a point of making sure that was going to continue. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it was my mother, and I think, but I think that you know, at different times, I I could point to each one of us making sure that was we 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 did that, and and one of us taking the lead in that. And I don't think she realised how, I yeah, I don't think she would have realised how. Deeply, that had gone in that message, but it was there definitely. Yeah, it's a wonderful legacy from her, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I mean, you're a mother yourself. That's mm. that's what you want that's for your kids, want, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant because because there is blood is is pretty thick, and uh, and to to just feel that you know whatever happens, you've got a bit of back from yeah. those siblings is fantastic, and I've always felt that always. Is it amazing? I gather it's the first time you've actually appeared at the Abbey. Yes. And given the fact that your mother and father mm. both treaded that stage, is mm. that quite special? Oh, it was incredible. And, you know, I, I the thing I love about theatres is the ghosts, you know. You mm. know that there have been so many other actors that have stood on that stage and so many other audiences that have sat in that auditorium there's something very magical about that i mean it's 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 a church of its kind you know it's mm. it's it's yeah. it, it is a very hallowed place for me the theater you know and you know i love hearing that announcement you know that it's um Arklan Norshuntanaheran. I really like, the, you know, the, the fact that it is our national theatre and it's a, it's a beautiful theatre and it's so much part of our heritage, you know, as 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 Irish people. I think you weren't always going to go into the family business, were you, Neil? No, I wasn't, <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> no, I was going to be a flute player, and I, I, I my mother really was keen that me and Porrick, the two younger ones, would not. Uh, would not tread the boards because she'd failed so abysmally with them, um, with Sarah and Sinead and then Paul was off being a film director. So I think she thought, oh my goodness, let's just try to steer them away from from the stage. And um, I went to music college in London and I played in the orchestra here. In fact, I just passed the concert orchestra studio. I used <laughs> to go in there and do sessions in there um, playing second flute and piccolo sometimes um, and I loved it but when I went to music college I realised that the musicians I knew who were real musicians they just they dream sleep speak music that's what they do and I was never that I was a very hard worker but I was never a natural musician much to your mother's yes <laughs> yes disappointment. if only she knew I was still a musician when she died oh, so, so she, she had knew. no idea no idea 
You're not mad about the fame side of what you do. I, I thought that interview with you recently in the culture section of the Sunday Times was really interesting because it you do, you really don't like to the fame or the famous side of acting, but it, it's obviously something that goes with it, doesn't it? And also, given your name. Yes, I mean, I suppose the name, I think in those days, back in the 80s, you know, a lot of people knew who Cyril Cusack was. Now, not so many. Mm. And um, I think, you know, I love pretending to be somebody else. Who I am is sort of, you know, I'm just another person. And so, and I'm not glamorous and I'm not... Um, You're beautiful. Well, that's very sweet of you, but I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, that's not what I'm peddling mm. really. And um, I think... I love the fact that I can be transformed. And actually, the place I feel most transforming is the theatre. You know, film and television, I I don't think I've ever really felt like, oh, yeah, this is where I like to be. I really love being on stage because there is something incredible about when you get on stage and you pretend you're, you know, 20 years younger than you are and um, and... I don't know, you, you either you've you love someone or you hate someone or it's also kind of it, it's 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 an incredible experience being on stage pretending to be someone else and then coming off stage and going off out the stage door onto your bike and cycling home. home. Yeah, I love that. But home for you, of course, for a number of years, it's London, isn't it? Yes, it is. Are, are you very much an Irish Londoner. That's exactly what I am. That's exactly what I am. I don't think um, I'm married to an Irish man. We have um, the proclamation inside our front door, just so people Great. are clear about where they're coming <laughs> into. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely feel Irish, but I am a Londoner because I've lived there for such a long time and I love London. It's a great city, but I have really adored coming back and um I love Ireland. I love the way people people just talk to you and look mm. you in the eye and you know people are curious. You know, I sit I sat down yesterday in Stephen's Green. I didn't have time to I was going between one place and another. I thought I'll 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 have a sandwich here and I sat in Stephen's Green and this guy sits on a bench and we're we're talking about, you know, the vaccine and you know, it's it, I, I love that. And yes, and I didn't feel I didn't feel scared or you know, I just knew that this chap was up for a chat and that was fine and then I went off on my way and he went off on his but I generally I think people really look you in the eye it's very it's very noticeable after London it's of course passing on to the next generation so we had your dad and your mum and then all of you the five of you and now your son Callum tell me about it. he's in the next series of Bridget and the Gather he is he is we haven't been talking about about it that much because it's uh, it hasn't come out yet. I haven't seen it, mm. but it was very exciting when he got that part. Um, he loves acting. Uh, he, he was in Dairy Girls as well. He was in yeah. Dairy Girls, and he had a, he had a great time on that. Um, and he's just done a film that Terence Davis uh, directed called Benediction, and he's played plays quite different characters. So I I think he definitely. Has has the talent, yes. I wonder where that comes from. <laughs> and also, of course, Jeanette's son, Max Irons. He's yes. also pursuing her. So when and, all and poor and Porrick's daughter, Megan. Of course, is in Megan. I've interviewed Megan. Yes, Hughes, yeah, like she's yeah. superb as well. Yeah. So when you're all together, like yeah. generationally, yeah, there's so many actors. Do you all end up talking about the family business, or do you forget about it? You do talk about it a bit, 
But you also talk about loads of other things. And I, yeah, I, th- I think I think it's like any family. You, 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 you're more interested in what's happening in their personal lives and where, where you're going on holiday or, you know, what you're going to do for Christmas, all that kind of stuff. And when you head back on the stage now in Faith Healer, yeah. Do you ever think, you spoke earlier that you, you're almost thinking of your mum sometimes mm-hmm. playing the role, but also your dad was such and regarded as such a brilliant actor. Do you ever wish you could ask him advice or, or if you had a chance to ask him something? What, what would I ask Yeah, him? It's a really good question, you know. I, I think I'd probably, I, I, I'd be fascinated to know what, what he thought of my performance. Uh, but I think I would probably... Ask him how do you keep it? How do you keep it fresh? How do you how do you keep surprising yourself through a run? That that'd be an interesting one to ask him because he did he he was very good at that. And do you sometimes feel you need to constantly freshen yourself up? I mean, both emotionally, I suppose, and as an actor, when you're on the stage doing it every night. I think with this one, and that's part of the gift of it. We're each uh, my one is about forty minutes long. There's no way I can plan how it's going to go. Uh, I, and, and that's the scary bit. I mean, you go on and you start and you're on a roller coaster and you do not know quite, you know, what happens. You can't sort of know what's going to happen next. And as you as you tell the story, it's something I think is really important for audiences to know. They really, really affect us. So there is a dialogue. It, it's, it, it's, it's very often a quiet, a silent dialogue or, or almost silent. But you can you can hear the the quality of listening, the engagement, recognition. And, and that changes every night. It's, it's a bit like I often think we're all having a dialogue with each other. It's why I feel so passionate about the notion that theatre must continue. We need those experiences where we all share something and it changes because of who's in the room. Those 280 or 300 people, I don't know, we're now down to 50% are allowed mm. into the auditorium, all masked. But you can feel them in spite of the masks and in spite, and they can feel each other and they have, a, they have an identity. Each audience has a different identity and that affects how you do the play and that actually keeps it fresh. And that's probably what Cyril would, would have said to me. He would have said, listen to the audience. Yeah. They're crucial. So you answered it for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Neve Kizak, it's been a real joy and pleasure chatting with you today. And as mentioned, the Brian Friel play Faith Theatre, which you're currently starring in, is running at the Abbey right now until January the 22nd. It was a joy to talk to you. Oh, thanks so much, Miriam. It was a joy to talk yeah. to you too. Thank you so much. We'll take a break.